All right, well, good morning. Great to see you. Remember that day if you were there? Man, I could uh, use a few more days like that right now, and I never thought I would say that on, uh, what is it, September the 24th? 90 degree days, what is the deal with that? But uh, remember that was 75 and perfect, right? And uh, what a great event. And uh, in this month when we're highlighting ministry, uh, we're just throwing stuff like that up there just to remind you of the impact that serving makes. Man, I, uh, you know, this event, we're just going to do this every year. We have great hopes and plans for it. Uh, great first year. And already just the, uh, the amount of impact it's had in our community, people talking about it, take, people noticing it. And um, just thank you to everyone that was part of that again. And uh, these are the things that we believe in. These are the things that we want to be about. And this month, we're really centering on just this word, serve. If our three core values in the church are worship, connect, serve, we're really taking a month to kind of do things a little bit differently up here. So to fill in the blanks, so to speak, or to answer some questions in your mind, what does it mean when we talk about a core value of ours is serve? Well, obviously, uh, Jesus represented himself as a servant, right? Our king, our Lord, the savior of the world, if you ask him, what do you want to be known as? He would have said, I'm a servant. And he actually invites us to be in his kingdom as a kingdom of servants. He came, gave his life, a ransom for many, served, showed us what that means, showed us that really the, uh, the world is changed when we give ourselves in service to something bigger than ourselves, right? Jesus did that, and so he calls us to this. And that's why, as a church, NAPNAS, we want our, one of our core values to be serve. Um, I'm going to skip a lot of my intro because I want to dive right in this month. We've just been looking at stuff. I, will, I do want to remind you of this statement by Kirby John Caldwell. Um, I really like this. There are two great moments in a person's life. The moment you're born and then the moment you realized why you were born. Those are the greatest moments of your life. You're born and then you get why am I here? What is my purpose? We are intrinsically created to know purpose. That's, that's something that just makes life full. It completes us when we realize there's a reason why I'm here. And um, the scriptures, obviously the God who designed us, the scriptures take time to talk about that and reveal that to us. And it shows us if... We're called to be a people that serve, a church that serves. How does that function? What does it look like? Well, Paul gives us a couple illustrations in the New Testament about what that is like. First of all, he gives us the imagery of the body. We talked about this last week. We talked about the, uh, the body that and he reveals, he goes down through there in Corinthians and, and talks about a body, is, it, there's unity in the body, but there's diversity, there's a lot of different parts, and everybody, and there's harmony, though they learn to work together. In fact, what he's trying to portray to us is that the body is the greatest display of teamwork this world has ever seen. 
Your body is amazing. I know some of you today might be like, yeah. <laughs> some of the members of the team aren't working today, right? Maybe your knee's hurting or you've got a headache or something like that. But when it's right, right, it's the greatest display of teamwork ever. It's amazing. I am, I am just floored by what we have discovered through medical science, the, the roles and the functions our bodies have for one another. And Paul says, you know what, your body? Well, that's what ministry looks like. It's a team, a team that, that is, it's one body, we're together, we're really diverse, but we work in harmony and we accomplish this great thing. And so ministry actually is in the context of teamwork, a team. But also then he is sharing with us, have this imagery in your mind when you think about serving, but also realize this, the reality of spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts. Um, there's four different places that spiritual gifts are talked about in the New Testament. It, it is a part of what God is trying to show us. Hey, I want you to know this about yourself. I want you to know this about the church. Um, you want to serve? Well, you need to understand this whole reality of, of spiritual gifts. Um, and if you were to look at them all, like I did for a long time, I'm like, okay, it talks about one here, or it talks about some here, talks about some here, talks about some here. It's like four different places in the New Testament. And I'm like, well, is it just like throw them out there and you find them? And, but I begin to realize that there's, there is a rhyme and a rhythm to the way it's written. And in fact, I think, and what I want to just simply land with today is the Romans chapter 12, he shares seven different things about spiritual gifts. Now, I want to just make these statements about spiritual gifts from the scripture so we have a better understanding. It's one, spiritual gifts, every Christian has one or more spiritual gift. The scriptures say every Christian has one or more. There's nobody that can say, I don't have a spiritual gift. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Probably most of you have more than one, honestly. Multi, God has gifted many people. In fact, the second point I want to make is many believers have more than one. Now, I want to remind you that spiritual gifts are not the same as the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes into my life, the life of the Spirit. That's not the same as the spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are something that is given to us on top of or also along with the Holy Spirit being in our life. I also want you to realize that the gifts of the Spirit are not the fruits of the Spirit. So, the love, the joy, the long-suffering, all those things, that is what the Spirit is doing in all of our lives to create character, right? Um, that's how he's forming us. This is how he's making us look like Jesus. This is, wow, this is what he's doing. That's not the gifts, or it's not the spiritual gifts he's given to us. His Spirit is changing us. He has actually given us gifts on, to, uh, gifts on top of that. I want you to realize that some spiritual gifts are more useful in local churches than others because they result in greater edification in the body. So often we think of spiritual gifts and somebody like Billy Graham comes to our mind, right? 
and we think, well, definitely spiritual gifts. I'm nowhere close to that. I don't really know that I want to talk about or entertain or think about spiritual gifts. Guess what? Most of the spiritual gifts that are talked about have to do with you and I in a local church setting. Sure, there was some called and gifted to be apostles, but mostly it's, it's about us together, doing this together. Spiritual gifts are about you, and it's about creating a strong, healthy, vibrant community of believers that impacts the community around them for the gospel. I would say that, I would remind you that charismata, the word used for gifts, literally means grace gifts. God has graciously given you a gift. What that means is they are sovereignly, God chose what gift to give you. You didn't get to like choose. He gives and he undeservedly gave it to you. You couldn't earn this. You can't all of a sudden, I want that gift so I'm gonna work really, really hard to get that gift. You have what he's given you. But that's really cool because it fits with the way you're created and formed and your, your, uh, your, your makeup, your personality, your, all that. So these gifts are given to us, not earned, not chosen. Gifts are God's spiritual equipment for effective service and edification of the body. But it's in Romans chapter 12 that he talks about seven things. And I want us to realize that all of us fit somewhere in these seven things. If he shares at four different places about spiritual gifts, these are like the baseline, the bottom line, the foundation for us to understand. Out of that, we can understand what it means that some he called to be teachers and some he called to be evangelists and some he called to do this and that when we understand these seven things. And here they are. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. <clears throat> if it's uh, encouragement, or if it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's mercy, show it cheerfully. You guys, every one of us fit somewhere in those seven things. Your, one of, your gift fits there. And I would say that some of you would say, well, I got that and that and that. And maybe some of you say, I got that, 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 right? I don't know. But in those seven things, want to understand, okay, so we're called to serve. Jesus was a servant, calling us to serve. We realize that loving our world is serving our world. And that's what this whole thing is about. We serve one another in order that we might serve the world. Well, how does this function? How does it work? Well, God has gifted all of us in these seven areas. These seven areas are what make all this work. Prophesying. What does it mean to prophesy? Uh, you say, I, that's strange word, not a scary word. I definitely am not gifted in that. To prophesy is simply this. To proclaim God's truth with power and clarity in a timely, culturally sensitive fashion. To correct, to to call to repentance or to edify. It's the ability to reveal God's word accurately. People who are gifted with the, the gift of prophesying are always asking this question. What went wrong? What caused this? I need to understand the word of God in light of this and I need to bring the word of God over all of this. 
To prophesy is to, to reveal God's word accurately. Service. If, if he says, if you've got the gift of service, then serve. The gift of service is the divine enablement to attach spiritual value to the accomplishment of physical tasks within the body of Christ. It's the ability to demonstrate love by meeting practical needs that releases the rest of the body to do direct spiritual ministry. The gift of service People who have the gift of service are always thinking, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? The gift of teaching, which is different than the gift of prophesying. Prophesying is to boldly declare with power and clarity God's word. Teaching is more of a a different role. It's to understand and to give detailed explanation of biblical truth. You search out and validate the truth. Some of you are wired that way and you're good at that and you're able to take the word of God or things and you're able to, in a way that's, you're able to explain it and make it make sense. It's the gift of teaching. We need the gift of teaching among us. People with the gift of teaching are always asking, what is the truth? Where did you get that? Why? People are wired that way. The gift of encouragement it's the, it's the divine enablement to come alongside another in a need of encouragement to do what? To reassure, to strengthen, to affirm, and to challenge those who are discouraged or wavering in the faith. You have the gift to stimulate others, to encourage others. I've seen this already at work since I've been here. Some of you absolutely have the gift of encouragement and it is so necessary in our congregation that you use that gift to serve us. The gift of, uh, they're asking the question, what must be done to fix this? What must be done to fix this? The gift of giving, right? It's the divine enablement to make money, to manage it well, and to wisely contribute it to the work of the Lord with cheerfulness and liberality. The ability to entrust personal assets to others for the furtherance of the kingdom. People with the gift of giving are asked, what can I give to meet that need? Some of you are wired that way. You inherently think that way. There's a need, there's a problem, there's a ministry, there's something. What can I give to help with this? The gift of leadership. It's that ability to, to, from God to, to see what needs to be done, to set goals, to attract, lead, and motivate people to accomplish the work of ministry. Some of you have the gift of leadership, the ability to coordinate the activity of others for the achievement of common goals. And that's what you're always asking. What's the goal? Where do we need to? We need to get here. How do we get there? The gift of leadership, so needed in our our community. Or the gift of mercy, It's the gift from God to minister cheerfully and appropriately to people who are suffering or undeserving and to spare them from punishment or consequences justly deserved. The ability to identify with and comfort those who are in distress. Man, have I seen this at play so many times. Some of you just have the gift of mercy and you're always asking this question, how can I make them feel better? How can I make them feel better? What can I do? How can I come alongside them? How can I comfort them? 
You see, all of these things, when they're in play, wow, the community absolutely is healthy and vibrant. We're strengthened, we're encouraged, our needs are met, we're strong, we're one anothering one another, as the New Testament talks about all those one another. And then in that, we're able to then portray and meet the needs of the world around us and share the gospel through many different ways. You know, there is one thing. There's, there's, as we've taken time this month to spotlight ministries, there's a ministry that we have in the church that if we're called to love God with all our mind, soul, strength, this ministry is, is primarily focused on doing that in our lives, drawing us to that. It's, um, it's a ministry, here's, here's what I've written. These people serve, serve the congregation in the important role of bringing us into the presence of God and creating an environment where they proclaim the word of God and the word of God can then be proclaimed. And that's our worship ministry. We absolutely feel like this is a vital part. If God's called us to come together on days like this and, and to worship him and to, to hear from him and to... It's worship that does that and enables that to happen. How many of you have come in through the doors and you've had a rough week or you've, you're in the middle of something or you don't have an answer and as the music has, has played, as the words have been sung, God has absolutely spoke to you. He's encouraged you. He's drawn you closer to him. That is a vital role of what the church is about is providing an environment for people to connect with God. And we believe in it. And so we've resourced it. And I want Ben to take a few moments and just share worship ministry with us and Sarah. Everybody knows Ben, I'm sure. If you don't, Ben's our worship pastor. He's been here since 2010 and uh, just provides a, a vital, is a vital part of our, our staff, our team. He probably, I, he, he listen, worship ministry is forefront for him, but this guy's got irons and so many different fires. And uh, this is absolutely an essential part of our team he is. And uh, I just wanted to share for a little bit about worship ministry. Well, it's tremendously humbling to have the task to lead people into the presence of God. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see that the, the Levites were, were the priests and the ones who kind of led the worship services. And after, uh, you know, in the establishment of the church, those, you know, who receive a calling to do that, uh, that's, their, that's their role. And, um, you know, my first, my first thought is that our purpose is to fulfill the biblical mandate of worship. Uh, John 4.24 uh, calls us to that, that, that we're, we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. It's, it's clear there. We were created to be worshipers, and we are created to worship. And so it is a, it's a privilege to, to serve God in that way and really to, to shape and to form um, hearts and minds and souls into doing something that they'll be doing for all of eternity. Um, I literally have a job that we will be doing for all of eternity in, in worshiping God. And so uh, one of the, I have a quote from Warren Wearsby, and he's a, He's an author, and he, he writes, Worship is not an expressed feeling, nor is it an empty formality. True worth, worship is balanced 
and involves the mind, emotions, and will. So I just want to take a quick moment and just kind of unpack, unpack that. So true worship is balanced and involves the mind. It requires intellectually for us to engage in the truths that we're proclaiming and what's being... Um, I'm a believer that what we sing shapes what we believe. It helps shape our, our th theology of what, what we believe about God. And, and so that requires an intellectual engagement. Uh, emotion, again, it's, it's a, a feeling. So it's, it's rooted in truth, but also it's subversive. It's a, it's a, it's a we have a, a natural response. God's doing something in our heart, so emotionally we need to be engaged. So that takes the head and the heart and engages us with that. Uh, and also will. Um, you know, one of the songs we sing, uh, it's a Psalm, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And it's reminding our souls that we bless the Lord. And sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard to come in here and to do that. And so, you know, our role as, as worship leaders is to, you know, pray, work through, you know, okay, we've got, you know, a few hundred different people coming in who are at a different place in their relationship with God. But all of us are called to engage with our mind, emotions, and will, and and we all, um, you know, lift up our, our voice, our praise to God. I like to think of worship ministry as uh, salt, that, so we sing truth, we have all the truth that we need in scripture, but what does salt do to any food? It enhances the flavor, okay? It doesn't change the flavor, but it enhances it, it brings it out. And so with music or with all the different things that we do, uh, all we're doing is enhancing the truth. We're bringing, we're bringing that out. I'm sure, you know, everyone has a favorite song, and you know the words to that song. And, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what singing to God does, is it, it puts truth with a melody that we, can, that we can go out singing the truths of God and who he is. And, um, and it really, in the meantime, shaping our heart in what we believe. So we have upward, we have about 40 in our worship ministry. And uh, it's a sacrifice, I'll tell you that, uh, to to serve up here for the, for the volunteers. I know that they've, uh, it, I appreciate them so much. I appreciate the, uh, the willingness of, of the people up here to, it's part of the Romans 12 being a living sacrifice and time is the most important thing. And when we talk about service, you know, part of being a living sacrifice is giving of your time, the thing that's most valuable to you. And so uh, I have tremendous respect for everyone here. Not only, I mean, what you see up here is a small portion of the amount of time that they, that they give towards an instrument, uh, an ability, those kind of things. And, uh, and so I, I think a lot of our worship team, you see a few of them up here. You see, you might not see the ones in the back that make it happen. Wednesday nights we have... We have uh, people on our youth worship team as well, and uh, it's, it's pretty cool what God's doing in this church with, with our worship teams. One of the things I try to emphasize with our, our worship team is the difference between excellence and perfection. Uh, musicians by nature, I feel like, try to, try to work towards perfection, and 
what I remind them is excellence is God-honoring and perfection is self-serving. And so if we, if we just focus on giving God what we have with excellence, doing all things with excellence, then our excellence today will, will be different than what it is a year from now and then will be different from what it is two years from now. And so constantly growing in what God's given you, the ability that God's given you. Uh, the evolution of the of the instrument, I think, is is kind of fascinating. One of the, you know, the very first instrument are vocal cords, okay, that we sing praises to God. But over the over the years, uh, so the Psalms instruct us to to lift up our voice, lift up our instruments, uh, clanging cymbals, banging drums, playing the trumpet, and uh, we're called to do that. And you know, as we uh, as we have progressed over time. We've got organs and pianos and guitars and electric guitars, electric drum set, and uh, a lot of our keys are software driven. And uh, Did you say that the trumpet was in scripture? It's in scripture. It's not maybe in here. <laughs> I'm still waiting to be asked. I mean, it's scriptural, right? I just keep waiting, but yeah, yeah. I've got the biblical basis That's, for Sarah it. Sarah does the scheduling for the trumpet, so <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, but we have, it's kind of the, I love technology, and that's one of the things that I enjoy growing with with our ministry is, uh, besides the software up here, we've got a lot of stuff going on in the back. Um, Facebook Live is something that we've introduced over the last year, and it's, it's so cool to hear stories from people that maybe they have a sick one at home, or they weren't able to make it for one reason or another, in the hospital with a family member or whatever, and they can stay connected to this body. Now, don't get me wrong, nothing takes the place of true community and being with one another, looking somebody in the eye and letting them know you're thinking about them, you're praying for them, you're there for them. But uh, if, uh, you know, maybe, Maybe it serves as a front door for someone that's a little timid to come into a service on a Sunday by themselves. They can check us out online and kind of see, uh, see what service is about, get some familiarity with it before, um, before they come for the first time. One of the first week or two that we, that we launched our Facebook Live online campus, we kind of call it, is... Uh, my wife was working at the Connection Center, and you know their job really is to kind of seek out um, people that may be new to the church. And so she sought out this family, and uh, they had a couple kids, so she took them back, got them checked in, kind of showed them the ropes about things, and uh, they actually didn't stay for service. They left, but we could tell that they were watching online. And, and those were, you know, maybe, I know they wouldn't have stayed for the service if we, had, if we didn't have Facebook Live, but the fact that we do, our, we, our, we do stream, gave them the ability f for God to uh, speak into their hearts during, during a service that day. So that's really cool. Um, worship ministry is kind of encompasses a lot of things. We're always looking for different ways that we can expand our creativity, whether it's a stage set design. We've got a group that, that does that, or whether it's a, a lighting or... Um, you know, like I said, the, the team in the back that, that does stuff. Uh, just a few months ago, Ariel Meister started, uh, approached me and was talking about how she can sign. So we have her signing every uh, once a month. And it's, it's, just, it's just so cool to, to see um, 
how God's using people. Olivia, she does a great job with announcement videos. How many of you like Olivia's announcement videos? And so, yeah. And so, and what that does is it creates a community, it creates involvement, it creates ownership of, of the ministry. And, um, you know, God's gifted us tremendously with so many talented people in the body, okay? And so, making a platform for people with that creative side to them to express that is, uh, is really cool. Uh, we do testimony videos. If you've been here on a baptism Sunday, we, we shoot testimony videos really quick, and that's just a, a way for you to get a glimpse of, of who's being baptized. And um, so, yeah, we, uh, we have a lot of different pieces that go on outside of just leading worship on a Sunday morning, but that, it starts there. It starts there. Um, corporate worship, there's, there's nothing better than that. Um, really, I think we wanted you just to have a kind of an inside glimpse that it's easy to think, well, they're, they, they just come in, they put an instrument on, they, you know, this is really a, it it's, fits into our whole culture of service. Even our worship services are, it's a lot of hours, a lot of time, a lot of love and energy and a lot of use of gifts to serve us, to connect us to God. Sarah's become a, a vital part of that um, uh, as she's come on, and, and she is really involved in worship ministry on Sunday morning. She's even maybe more involved in worship ministry on Wednesday night. Um, just we're trying to create a culture of bringing people along and finding their gifts, especially when you're young, right? It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but most instruments are picked up in your teen years. And uh, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can give it a shot if you want to try to learn something, but just creating a place where we have people that are able to minister in this way. And um, I just hope it helps you to kind of get, continue to get a glimpse of what we're about, this culture of serve. And even in our worship ministry, it's important. They serve us to connect us to God. I think one of the other ways, though, if, the, if Jesus said love God with all that you are and worship ministry is really taking us there, but he also said love others, right? And um, we really here are intent on understanding what that means in an area we call hospitality, where... Um, you know that word, it's the same uh, group of words as hospital, the role a hospital plays in, in a person's life, or a hotel is in that group of words, or a hostel. It's this idea of, of accepting people, receiving people, and bringing them in, making them healthy, or bringing them into a community, a sense of belonging. And um, in fact, the old school uh, the old school understanding was hospitality was the process of receiving outsiders and changing them from strangers to guests. And that, Naz, we really, really want to see that happen. We do not want people that are new um, to come in and feel like they are not loved or that they wouldn't belong. Now, I know that it takes a few, a little bit of time for community and belonging, but we really, really, really want to be a place where we are creating a culture of community and belonging. And you know what? That takes a ton of people who get, I want to be a part of serving the church in that way. And 
Ben, I'll let you just chat for a minute about that. Yeah, so hospitality is a big deal to us. Uh, one of the things that we started in 2012 was our first impressions ministry. And really, like, my desire is that people can come to a place where they feel like they belong, um, feel like they're seen, whatever it is that they're going through. Um, so first impressions really does just that. I think we have about seven seconds from the time someone walks into a place to feel whether or not they feel accepted or belonged. Um, seven seconds is not enough time for the first beat to fall on a worship set or let alone to get to the teaching time. And so our first imp impressions ministry is just that. It's to give... Uh, it's to help establish that first impression so that people do feel welcome. They do feel uh, like they belong. So we've got that. We have uh, our nursery. That is another really important part of our hospitality ministry. Our nursery is blowing up with kids. And so um, if you feel called to nursery, I tell you what, I sat in one Sunday. It was a blast. All I did was sit on the floor, and all these little kids crawled all over me. It was so fun to just... Uh, play with them and connect with them and I gotta be honest I go in there and then I want to run <laughs> every, <laughs> every one of them has something to say to you they want to you know but it's so it's so cool if you just if you want to uh, spend time in the nursery ministry uh, kind of a, a, a piece of our first impressions ministry is uh, our coffee bar and uh, hopefully they're just smiling faces that give you a cup of coffee so you can smile as well as you come into the service. But, uh, you know, they're, they're an important part of our, of our uh, hospitality kind of portion of the church. Um, kids check in, kind of greeting kids as they come in next door. I kind of loop that in with our hospitality. Uh, we've got a safety team. Uh, we've got some, some roamers that kind of stay over there, make sure place is secure. That's a part of our hospitality. One of, the, one of the things that's a priority for me, Chip mentioned some irons in the fire, is I really, uh, I'm working with Darren Yaki right now, who kind of heads up all of our facilities to build a facilities team. And uh, he's taken a lot on his plate over the years. He kind of um, takes it upon himself to, to make sure that everything's working, to make sure that that exit light is lit up over there, the fire extinguishers are charged, or whatever it is. Um, and in an effort to really act more as a body and to take some off his plate and Tom Denny and some others over the years, uh, I'm kind of pursuing a, a, a facilities team to do that, whether it's uh, mowing, kind of doing some landscaping, uh, like I said, checking, making sure, you know, lights are work. If it's anything like my house, things break all the time. It's, there's always a need, and it's not necessarily a scheduled need. But these people really are silent servers, but they are vital to allowing our ministries to function like we need them to. Uh, they're really, I, I kind of think of them as, as the glue that just kind of makes everything work together. Maybe you never see any of them. But, and that, that's kind of my hope for that, that team is, is, and so if there's, you know, if you're out there today thinking, oh, yeah, I could, I could be a part of that. And like I said, it's not anything that's a weekly task or whatever, but maybe there's an area of the church that you've, you know, uh, plumbing, electrical, you know, think, think of all the different kind of things that makes this, this baby hum, and that's, that's, that's important. Yeah, again, if we're called to love the world, and that means serving the world, 
Jesus said, hey, everything's about loving God and loving others. And as a church, okay, so that, that means I need to see everything through that light. And we, we've, we've talked about the worship, but the loving others, the hospitality plays a crucial role in all this. And um, we've thrown up all these different areas that we try to fulfill this. It's all with the mission of serving people so that they can become a part of this community. They can belong. They can find Jesus and then find life inside of his kingdom. And um, this is our way of just trying to uh, get you more familiar with all the different things that go on. Um, and you know what? Every time we have, we have saw something in our church that we wanted to enhance or develop or grow, we've always resourced it, right? Worship ministry, kids ministry, youth ministry. Um, we've, always, we've always said these things are important and they're vital to us. And we actually, we want to resource. We want to put money where our, our mouth is and we want to give energy and time. And, and you know, I think we're at a point in the life of our church where we just have so many different things going on. And, and we, want to, we want to continue to offer more ministries. We want to impact people's lives. We want to reach people. And that takes a tremendous amount of, of, uh, of, of volunteers. And so as I've thought about this for a while, where are we at? What do we have going on? What's, what's one of our next steps? Um, and the board and I have kind of chatted about this and come to a conclusion that we want to resource this, this issue of volunteerism. We actually want to put a, re, a person as, as someone who can uh, coordinate our volunteers, can be a point person for all of our ministries to, to uh, plug people in. We want it to be where people can come in and say, you know what, I want to be a part of this, and I realize that being a part of the church is, is, is more than me just receiving, but it's giving because they need me. My gift, my talent enhances the whole thing, and I want to be a part of it. We want to have somebody that you can just, hey, I can go to them and talk to them about where can I serve? And so we have actually, this month, we, uh, we uh, uh, moved toward action to hire uh, Rebecca Carrier as our uh, hospitality and volunteer coordinator. That's a big term. One, thi one thing about, about Rebecca, and one of the reasons I think she's uh, so good for this uh, fit is... Um, so helped get the coffee bar off the ground. Been a part of our first impressions ministry with that. Uh, she's been a part of the worship ministry with the tech stuff in the back, VBS and kids ministry stuff. Our nursery. youth group. I mean, nursery. she really nursery. Nursery. I mean, she really knows what it's like to serve in those ministries. And so, if you ever have any questions, you know, she's a she's a great one to go to and ask. Yeah, and so I really I believe that we have come to a point where hey. We're, we're, we want to go continue to grow. We want to continue to create a healthy, vibrant environment here where you are coming and being served and then using your gift to serve. And it's just this, this really good, healthy thing going on where you are encouraged, you're finding your purpose, 
And together then we're just looking outward and saying, you know what? What do we need to do? What can we do? Uh, How can we serve our community? How can we reach out with the love of Jesus? And I believe volunteerism is at the heart of that. Taking another step, another, uh, uh, going to another level with that. And so Rebecca's on staff now with us. And uh, I, I really, really, I, I, you know, I don't want to be the car salesman with the guarantee or the washer salesman with the guarantee. But based on the authority of God's word, when you serve and use your gifts, and we all do that, we all buy in, we all have ownership, I guarantee you, Okay, not on, not on my guarantee or a company's guarantee, but on the guarantee of God's word that people's lives will be impacted and people will find Jesus, people will grow in Jesus, and it will, will make an eternal difference. Amen? And so that's this whole month is about. I want to leave you with just this, this, uh, this quote from David Brooks, he's an author, columnist at the New York Times, um, kind of an influential writer in our culture. To my knowledge, he's not a believer, but uh, a very thoughtful man and uh, has a lot of significance. And he says this, he made a quote a year or two ago, he said, or a little bit ago, commencement speakers are always telling young people to follow their passions, be true to yourself. David Brooks says, well, but this is a vision of life that begins with self and ends with self. He says, people on the road to character growth do not find vocations by asking, what do I want from life? They ask, what is life asking of me? How can I match my intrinsic talent with the world's deep needs? We know what the world's deep needs are, don't we? They need Jesus. And so we realize that if I'm going to get what life is truly about, one of the things I'm asking myself is what role or what purpose has God given me in his kingdom? And I want to take the talent, the gift I've been given, and I want to use that to make an eternal difference. And I would remind you of these two questions that we just keep putting up there at the end of each service. Do I know my spiritual gift or gifts? Am I using my spiritual gift or gifts? God has given each one of us gifts. And the way that he makes this whole thing work is when we use them. And so maybe today I'm talking to you and and, uh, you've been faithfully using your gifts and I want to just encourage you, you're making a difference. Only eternity will reveal your impact in this world. And I remember there was a song written a long time ago about a man who is wanting to, you know, when he gets to heaven, talk to his Sunday school teacher and just say, thank you for giving to the Lord. I guarantee you that there are going to be people that are going to come to you and say thank you for your service. You made a difference. You don't know. You don't understand. But your service, that ministry, it impacted and changed my life. And if maybe I'm talking to people today here who aren't involved, I challenge you. Just have the Lord show you, talk to you, think about. You have a gift. You have a gift. In fact, most of you have more than one gift. 
Lord, show me how I can use it because I desperately want to continue to have purpose in my life. I want to live that life that is fulfilled. We'll give you, we'll give you resources this week online. You can go on and there'll be a link. You can take a, a spiritual gifts inventory. But more than that, just opening your heart to the Lord and saying, how can I be used? How can I serve? Let's pray. Father, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share, to think about this. Thank you for the way you've designed and created the whole body and uh, the body of Christ and, and how you've given to each one of us gifts. No one is unneeded and no one is uh, not useful. And Lord, it's the most beautiful thing in the world when people use their gifts. My life is, is changed because of spiritual gifts that you've given other people. And I know that as we continue to do that, I am going to be encouraged, edified, uplifted, challenged in so many ways. My life is changing as you are using other people with their gifts to speak into my life. So Lord, create a culture here or continue. I feel like we have a culture, but continue to grow it more and more where we just are intent on finding what our role is and fulfilling it. And man, it is a dynamic, healthy body that serves each other and serves the world. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We ask that you would speak to us as we go from here. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and for your sake. Amen. Thank you. Have a great week.